When we think of Christmas, you know it's easy to dwell on everything but the incarnation of our Savior. Our thoughts can easily lean more towards sentiments and traditions or even festivities. But Christmas is definitely a time of emotions and often mixed emotions. Today, we'll welcome back Bob Lapine and talk with him about his Christmas book, The Four Emotions of Christmas, and maybe help us keep the spirit of Christ in the spirit of Christmas. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Trace, why do you think Christmas is such an emotional time for both Christians and non-Christians? Yeah, you know, I really don't know. Um, I can guess a couple of things. Obviously, Christmas is a deeply spiritual time, whether holy spiritual or evilly spiritual, if that's a word. Uh, there's always a spiritual battle in the equation for what this holiday is really all about. I mean, for the Christian, we certainly know what it's supposed to be about, but it's just so easy to get sucked into the carnal and commercial side of things and allow the enemy to turn into mm. something it wasn't meant to be. But that's true for a lot of holidays, maybe most. Uh, it's also a holiday that involves the family in a way that no other really does. I mean, Thanksgiving certainly does, but uh, there's the whole gift-giving thing with Christmas that can go either really well or really not so well. And mm-hmm. then we all know how much uh, our childhood experiences and, and emotions play in the rest of our lives. With Christmas, there's always seemed to be a little drama and trauma when you didn't get the gift you expected or... Uh, when you found out Santa Claus wasn't real or that Christmas mm-hmm. is rooted in paganism or whatever. I mean, in any case, and in an ever-increasing number of cases these days, uh, I came from a broken home that was largely non-churched and, and Christian largely in name only. So my, my sister and I always got two Christmases to, to open presents. And to a kid, you know, that, that was actually a good, good thing. The, the not-so-good thing was when we had to be, you know, pulled away from the family to be with the other family while dealing with all the ruckus as to how and when all that should actually take place. My mom's second family only lived 17 miles from my dad's second family, so logistics and distance wasn't uh, the deal it is for a lot of broken families today. And, and though the same kind of thing is true for, uh, for us during virtually every holiday growing up, um, or was true, rather, uh, there, there was always something about Christmas that was going to bring about ambivalent feelings like none of the others. And if I dwell on what could have been rather than on the Lord, uh, Christmas, even to this day, could bring on a little melancholy. And, and that's why I try to do my best to just dwell on Jesus. And that's why it's so important to dwell on Him. Uh, I think Christmas is a hard time for many people. Well, we are trying to dwell on Christ, as Trace was talking about, and I want to introduce our guest today on Licensed to Parent. We had a conversation with Bob Lapine a few weeks ago, and he is back. And of course, you know him as the longtime co-host of Family Life Today. You can also now hear him with Alistair Begg on Truth for Life. Bob is a pastor. 
He's an author. He serves various other ministries. And Bob and his wife, Mary Ann, have five children and 10 grandchildren. And today, we are talking with him about his book, The Four Emotions of Christmas. Well, Bob, welcome back to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Trace, Michelle, great to be with both of you. Thank you. Your book's called The Four Emotions of Christmas. Uh, what are these four emotions? Uh, why are there only four? And how did you settle on these four? <laughs> well, you know, I, I really set this up. Uh, th- th- this was this book was written to be a gospel giveaway. I, hmm. I wanted to, I, I was thinking about the Christmas season and how we have the opportunity during the Christmas season to engage people in spiritual conversations that we might not have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And That's so I, I wrote a book. That, it's a small book. I think it's about 60 pages long. And it's it's written with a, a, an unchurched person in mind to say the Christmas season is meaningful to you, but it's also a time when these emotions do emerge. And in the midst of these emotions, um, you need to pull back and go, what, first of all, what's going on in my own heart? But secondly, could there be something bigger than the, the holiday that I need to be looking at? Uh, something, something bigger than just the cultural ideas of that holiday. And so I talked about the fact that there are expectations during the Christmas season. There's sadness that can come in during the Christmas season. Uh, there can be loss that's associated with the Christmas season. Stress yeah. is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And as we explore these different emotions, I think we can pull back and go, well, what's really going on in my soul that's causing me to be sad during this time or to be stressed out during this time or to be disappointed during these time. Those are some of the emotions we experience during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, most of us would consider three out of your four emotions of Christmas to be negative emotions. Uh, since Christmas is supposed to be about celebrating the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, why not choose three positive emotions and only one negative? Well, I, you know, I tried to think about what's Christmas like for most people. And, mm. and we go into the season hoping for, longing for what Christmas promises, joy and peace. I mean, think about the songs we sing. Yeah. We sing about joy and peace and love, and we have hope, and and that's what we're hoping will happen. And then we get into the trappings of the season, and we realize, okay, the 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 trappings of the season are not going to be sufficient to bring me the joy I'm longing for yeah. or to fill my heart with the love I'm looking for. And that's that's what I wanted folks to understand. If if you go into the season, go. I, I thought I was going to have peace, but instead I have stress. I thought I was going to have love, but instead I have sadness. Mm-hmm. What's really going on here? And so in each chapter, I say, here's how you can deal with stress during the holiday season, or here's how you deal with disappointment or sadness. But ultimately, you need to be asking, is there something deeper in my own heart that I need to be examining? Is there a spiritual issue going on here? And then at the end of the book, I I share the gospel with folks and tell them what Christmas is all about and why it's not the trappings of the season that bring love and joy and peace, but it's the God who came near, who became one of us. That's the real key to finding lasting joy and peace and love and hope. So it really is an evangelical type of book then. Yeah, in, in fact, one of the things I love about the publisher of this book, so the, we work together on this, they make this book available. Uh, I mean, if you buy a single copy, it's seven bucks. If you buy multiple copies through the publisher, you can get it for as little as, 
a dollar and a half or two dollars a book. Our church bought 500 copies last year, and people in our church would take 10 of them. They'd, they'd buy them for two bucks each, take 10 of them, and give a plate of cookies and an invitation to our Christmas Eve service and a copy of the book and give it to friends and neighbors. And then to be able to have a follow-up conversation with them and say, did you get a chance to look at that book? I, did you think it was interesting? And just see how the conversation goes from there. Bob, I was just thinking that as you were talking about your book, it sounds kind of like the Christian life where we need to empty ourselves of sin in order to allow Christ to fill those empty Mm. spaces and to fill us fully. And what I'm hearing about Christmas and this season is we need to empty ourselves of everything that could keep us and to deflect us from actually seeing who He is, and then allow Him to fill those empty spaces again. Yeah, I I don't think we need to look at Christmas and say, I need to purge December from any of the trappings, like we're not going to put up a tree, or we're not going to bake Christmas cookies, or we're not going to do these things that can be a source of joy. But, But I think we have to recognize that trimming the tree is not going to bring you permanent joy, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 you could have a momentary sentimental. And, and I'm, look, I love Christmas. I love the season. I love enjoying and all of the traditions have been important for us. Um, our, our kids get annoyed because I will pull out uh, old videos. This was back in the days when video didn't happen right there on your phone. You had to have a video camera for it. But I videotaped every Christmas morning from coming down the stairs to opening the stockings. Stockings were a big deal at our house. And now our kids can go back and watch what was in their stockings and, and see all of that. I, I love all of that. But I, I think the delusion we have is we'll go through that season. And even if it goes great and you have a wonderful holiday season, you get to the afternoon of December 25th and you go, okay, that that didn't scratch the itch like mm-hmm. I thought it would. There's still mm-hmm. some kind of emptiness that you feel when it's all over because it's designed to be temporary. When mm-hmm. we know that and we don't expect it to have a transcendent power in our lives, then we can still enjoy those things, but we enjoy them with with a proper understanding that this is going to be fun, but it's not going to be a source of – it's not going to fill the longing in my own soul. Only Jesus can do that. Yeah, amen. Um, and so let's let's talk about disappointment because disappointment is one of the four disappointment, stress, sadness, joy. Those those four emotions. Um, in in recent decades, attitudes about and approaches to the Christmas holiday have been uh, about as different as attitudes and approaches to the Christian faith itself. From those who say that Jesus wants everyone healthy, wealthy, and prosperous all the time, to those who point out that Scripture never records Jesus so much as even smiling, penniless, and Uh, with no place to even lay his head. What should parents be teaching their kids about the person of Jesus and the holiday that celebrates his birth uh, that might mitigate uh, any disappointment that might be in the equation? Yeah, I I think this is where we need to go back and make sure from the start uh, we we are being intentional to keep— it it sounds cliché to talk about keeping Jesus as the reason for the season, but I do think it— it needs to be intentional and purposeful on the, our part as parents because mm-hmm. the culture will come along and and try to pull us in all kinds of directions and say, here, you're going to find joy here. You're going to find it here and here and here. And, and so I think we just have to recognize that um, 
we're we're setting ourselves up for disappointment if we think that participating in holiday traditions is going to be ultimately satisfying in in terms of what we're looking for and if so as parents we need to be reminding our kids throughout the holiday season of what the real meaning of this holiday is that doesn't mean that you don't go see the parade or go see the lights or do the fun things that you do. You just recognize that that's not where lasting satisfaction for your soul is going to be found. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be intentional. You have to say, we're going to use tools. We're going to have an Advent devotional we go through, or we're going to, we're going to do things that keep Jesus as the focus during the season. That intentionality is going to pay off and help there be less disappointment at the end of the season. And that needs to start when Junior can talk. That's right. It's Christmas time here at Licensed Apparent, and we're talking with Bob Lapine about his book, The Four Emotions of Christmas. You can order your copy at 10ofthose.com. That's the number 10ofthose.com. We'll be back with more Licensed Apparent after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill. Just go to LicensedToParent.org. Today, we're talking with Bob Lapine about his book, The Four Emotions of Christmas. Well, Bob, uh, let's talk about the stress that that uh, can come along with the Christmas holiday. Uh, when we get too stressed about Christmas, should this tell us anything? 
as believers? Well, I, yeah, I think we need to start off by making sure we head into the holiday with a, a plan to deal with stress. Here's what happens. Look at your calendar for December. And it's the most crowded calendar of the year for you. That month Mm -hmm. has more activities. You've got more obligations, more things. There's the kids program here. The church has got this going on. You've got a a business. The office has a party for everybody for Christmas. All of these things come together and just make the season crowded. You add on top of that all of the traditions you're trying to build into your family. You got to go buy presents. Now there's financial stress that mm-hmm. gets added to the top of the, uh, the busyness that's a part of the holiday season. And it's easy to see why in the middle of Christmas, we can wake up and go, I don't have joy to the world, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So we have to start off proactively by saying, when we get to the end of the Christmas holiday, what is going to matter most to us? What are we really longing for to happen during this season in our own lives, in our family, with our kids? What What's going to matter most? If, if we want to begin with the end in mind, what's success going to look like? And then practice saying no to some of those things that may sound good, but are going to crowd out what's more important in the season. Yeah. What often happens is we get stressed out doing stuff that we feel like we have to do. And then we're frustrated because we didn't get to do what we really (laughs) wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And this is where we have to say, do I really have to do these things that Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to do? Some of them you can say no to because you've got a higher priority. Somebody invites you to their house for a party and you you look and you go, "Uh, we're busy that night. And you, you don't have to tell them that what you're busy doing is staying at home as a family uh, watching a Christmas movie or or reading the the Christmas story, doing something that's intentional and purposeful that's more important than the social aspect of the party might be. Mm-hmm. That's part of how I think you turn down the stress in the holiday is is by saying we're gonna we're gonna know what we're aiming for, and then we're gonna leave some gaps in our calendar mm-hmm. for rest. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have rest during that season, you're just gonna be stressed and 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 not very much fun to be around. I'm yeah. not going to want to be around you if you're just stressed out yeah. all the time. Well, and some of that stress is a self-inflicted wound. I mean, there are a lot of parents who will actually go into debt every Christmas to give their kids all right. the latest, greatest gadgets that so many other kids seem to have. Is this, is this ever acceptable <laughs> or is it always a no-no or is there, are there exceptions to this? Well, I, I think you think back to when you were a kid and, and you really, 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 really wanted whatever it was, the latest thing for Christmas, and you got it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And two days later, you were bored with it. You weren't playing with it anymore. You had the momentary joy of opening it and going, oh, I got what I wanted. And mom and dad went into debt with that. And two days later, that that joy is gone. Yeah. I, I think as parents, we have to pull back and and just say, what what are the priorities that matter most? And uh, yes, your child may be disappointed momentarily if they don't get that thing that everybody else gets, mm-hmm. but that that's not going to compare to to the the disappointment that they're going to feel if the family's not doing well, if things aren't healthy in the family. So um, let's keep our priorities straight. And sometimes you just look at your kids and say, I really wish we could have gotten that for you. We just couldn't this year. We got you this. Let's let's have some family time together with that. Mm -hmm. And they'll kids get over that disappointment 
in an hour. They're resilient. Typically, there's right? No, there's yeah. no doubt about that. But, but today's big ticket item that a lot of kids are hoping for this Christmas uh, is a smartphone. And, you know, my question to you, which I ask pretty much every guest here, most of them usually after the program off mic, but I'm going to ask you this on mic. Should any dependent minor have unfettered access to their own smartphone? I, I, unfettered access, you, that's the key right there. Right. When, when you give a child of any age a smartphone, you've just given them access to all kinds of toxic material, and you've also mm-hmm. taught them that relationships revolve around the, an electronic device because that's where the world is headed, and it's going to be a mental health issue for your kids. Uh, that's a whole other program, but... Uh, let's let's move on to the next emotion of Christmas, sadness. What's so sad about celebrating the incarnation of the Savior of the world? Well, there, there's nothing sad about that. The problem is that sadness comes when we enter into a holiday season uh, like Christmas, and Ooh. sometimes we come in having experienced a loss. And so uh, this is the first Christmas without Grandma, or this is the first Christmas since my wife died, or th- th- those those kinds of issues can can be a part of it. Or I'm lonely. I'm depressed during this season. I thought this season was going to bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm feeling isolated and alone. And that sadness, that depression that can settle in during the holidays, can be powerful in in a lot of people's lives, especially when. Everything around you is shouting, this is the season of joy, and you're looking and going, it's not for me. Something must be wrong with me if I'm not experiencing the joy that the TV commercials say I should be experiencing, and that as I look at my friends, it seems like they're experiencing it, and I'm not. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. And so I think recognizing that this can be a season of sadness, and again, having strategies to enter into the season and recognize that joy doesn't come from circumstances. In fact, I, I love this. This this was helpful to me. Somebody pointed out to me years ago, he said, there's a connection between the word happiness and the word happening. Yeah, exactly. They, they both start with, with, with the haps. Mm-hmm. So the haps are your circumstances. And when your circumstances are good, you have happiness. When the happenings are good, you have happiness. Joy mm-hmm. is something very different. Joy is transcendent. Joy says, even in the midst of hard times, I can have a well of inexpressible joy in me that comes from having a relationship with Jesus. And that's why the last chapter in this book is all about the source of real joy and where we find it and where it comes from with the hope that as people read this, they go, that's what I'm longing for. And it points them to Christ as the solution for that. Again, I I mentioned this was written as an evangelistic book. My hope is that uh, this is a book that will introduce a lot of people to where real joy and peace and hope come from. So, Bob, as this book is an evangelistic tool, evangelistic book, help us break down for parents and teens, and, and really for all of us, we all need to be reminded, why did Jesus come to earth? Well, Jesus came because we had a, a huge predicament because of our ancestors, our first parents, Adam and Eve, because they rebelled against God and said, we don't want to do life your way. We want to do it our way. We want to decide what right and wrong looks like. We want to decide what is good and what's evil. Mm -hmm. They turned their back on God. They walked away from him. And God had established 
as an order in his universe that the wages for that kind of rebellion is eternal death. It's separation from him. You can't rebel against him and live in his presence forever. You walk away from him and you are separated from him. And there was no way for the rebels to, to save themselves from this outcome. And so God said, I'm going to have to come up with the solution. Of course, he, he knew the solution from before eternity passed. God said, I will send my son who will pay the price for the rebellion of the rebels. He will bear uh, the weight of sin. He will live the life that they should have lived, a perfect life. He will die the death that they deserve, the death, uh, the penalty of death as a sinner. And then he will, through his resurrection, demonstrate that he has authority and power over life and death. And he will make a new and living way for those rebels to come back into the presence of God with their sins forgiven, with their lives being reshaped, and with a new hope for the future. That's why Jesus came. Jesus mm -hmm. said that he came to seek and save the lost. He came to uh, reconcile us to God after our rebellion. And that's what Christmas is all about. We really have to say we would never be celebrating Christmas if there weren't an Easter. <laughs> if all there had been was the birth of Jesus and there was never the cross and the resurrection, um, we might not even remember his name. But it's because of the resurrection that we now go back and say, Christmas is significant because it was the entrance into the world of God who mm -hmm. came to offer himself as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you got to joy because and then parsed out the difference between joy and happiness uh, because happiness is contingent upon happenings. And I doubt that the devil is going to be too upset if you go from one happy experience to the next because there are a lot of happy drunks out there. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. They're happy being, being drunk. Uh, is joy really an emotion or is it more of a state of being? Yeah, I, I think it's really something settled. God says in his word that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So when we get right down to it, joy is is being in a right relationship with God and being in his presence. That's where joy is found. Amen. In closing out our time together, Bob, can um, Pastor Bob pray for us just as mm. we enter and, and continue on in this Christmas season, we would see him. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Father, we, we are grateful that we can come to you, that you invite us into your presence, and that Jesus has, in fact, made that new and living way that we can come. You've invited us to bring our burdens, our requests, mm -hmm. our needs before you, and we thank you that you're a God who cares about these things. Mm -hmm. And I do want to pray for our listeners, pray for those who are struggling during the Christmas season. Maybe they're stressed out or sad or expectations have not been met and they're they're struggling with these things. Lord, would you meet them in the midst of that and bring the comfort and joy for which their heart longs? And then I pray for their friends who don't know you. And I pray that this would be a season when our listeners would be motivated to want to share the good news of your son with those who know all about Christmas but don't have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would motivate them and equip them to be uh, evangelists during this season so that more people would come to know you here during the Christmas season. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent was Bob Lapine. For more on Bob and his ministry, check out RedeemerLR.org. 
Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. You know, every year we help around 30 troubled teens and their families. And because of you and your generous giving, we've continued to do this through our therapeutic residential care. Shepherd's Hill Academy's nature-based therapy programs help teens in crisis, and we set them on a path to success, and we point them to the Savior. And you have been a big part of this. You know, we are wrapping up 2023 right now, and I ask you to give today to continue what we are doing here at Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can donate online. It's simple. Go to licensedparent.org and click donate. Our producer today is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.